Welcome to ConX, a global leadership platform for construction executives. My name is Joshua. I'll be the host today. Um, and I've got Steve DeOrto with me from Concentric, the founder and CEO. Steve, how's it going, brother? Great, Josh. Appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. So just getting started, Steve, if you want to tell us your background, your story, um, however you want to go um, from the very beginning all the way up to kind of where you're at today. Uh, yeah, happy to. I came from the, you know, the larger scale commercial general contracting world. Uh, I worked for Clark Construction, top 10 general contractor in the U.S. for my whole career, right out of college um, for a total of 26 years. Uh, so I saw a lot. I came up through the operational ranks. And then as opportunities presented themselves to take on a broader role, <clears throat> I did so and kind of grew up uh, ultimately learning how to run not just a project, but a construction business. Um, <clears throat> the, um, uh, the latter half of my career, like I said, more focused on the broader business. And what I really came to appreciate in that role um, was the importance of the front end of our business as a contracting company, uh, identifying and, and, and winning good work is step one. <clears throat> step two is all the preparation and planning that goes into uh, getting to, into a position to start up the project, the design, the estimating, the logistical planning. <clears throat> but there's several facets beyond that that's also extremely important. And then when you get into construction, if you have a really good plan, you know, and a really good team, then, you know, you're executing a plan and you you should have a, an outcome that you expect. But what I really gained a lot of appreciation for was that front end of the business. And, you know, there's not that many people, maybe one out of 10, if you think about the folks coming out of college that have come in and make a career, a professional career in, in, in uh, construction management. Nine go into construction, maybe one goes into the estimating and pre-construction roles. So there's very few people that really know and <clears throat> spend enough time to master it, but it's so incredibly important. And that's really what caused me to make a fairly late change in my career to uh, leave my executive officer post and start up Concentric because what I identified was this massive need and a huge deficit in the technology that is supporting and serving all of the folks that are involved in the pre-construction planning and design of a project. And I thought, First of all, it was very frustrating, and my clients were frustrated, and we were doing a great job, but, you know, it was only going to get you so far, and I saw it as also as an opportunity to take, you know, my 26 years of, of experience and really bake it into a platform that will solve many people's problems, not just mine. So uh, it's been an exciting um, new chapter of my, of my career, but uh, yeah, I've gone from general contracting to founding and, and uh, leading a, a, a software startup company, which gotcha. it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. So when, so when did the company actually get founded? Like when did you guys actually start? So I've done a lot of prototyping when you, when you're going to set out to build something that quite honestly doesn't exist, uh, you need to be really careful and you need to make sure that your ideas are validated with the market, what people really need. And so I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, like I said, very carefully COVID set in a little bit during that time frame, So sure. I had a little bit of an extended period to really make sure 
um, it, you know, it was well thought through and, you know, was surrounded with over a dozen companies that, um, I knew that they, they knew my background and were totally on board with the need and the vision that I had with what to do with it. COVID accelerated things quite a bit just for people's appreciation for the need to do something more advanced, need to do something that, you know, can be done a little bit more virtually remotely that is productive. Um, and, uh, we ultimately raised our seed round, uh, very successfully, uh, just literally last week was our one year anniversary. So we've been at it formally now for a year. Gotcha. Well, congratulations on that. Um, and so just, just so everybody knows where can you, can you get this software on your all's website? Is it a subscription based? How how does that kind of work? Yeah, we're a cloud-based SaaS platform. Um, and the best way to um, check it out is booking a demo through our website, which is concentric.com, C-O-N-C-N-T-R-I-C.com. Um, and yeah, be happy to give anybody a demo and talk about how they can uh, integrate it into their everyday pre-construction life. Sure. No, absolutely. And pre-construction um, is obviously one of the things that's near and dear to our heart at Ace Consulting. Um, and so we, we work with that stuff a lot. How, if you had to put into perspective for people, in your opinion, uh, after having that 26-year career, where would you rank pre-construction on a scale from one to 10 of importance for a successful project? For a successful project and for a successful construction company, it's it's definitely at the top. I mean, there's definitely things that are important in their own way, um, you know, safety and obviously execution and, you know, leadership. But when you think about all of the ingredients that not only affect you, your bottom line, your team's uh, productivity, but the relationship with your client and the opportunity to take knowledge gained on one project and continuously apply that going forward. Pre-construction is what vaulted our growth on the Western, uh, in our Western region of my former company. And it was because of the acute attention to pre-construction that we paid, uh, increased, you know, we regrew from a few hundred million to 2 billion on a sustained basis, uh, for the last five years while I was there. And at the same time, we grew our margin by 44%. So when you do pre-con right, and when you kind of get yourself unstuck from the kind of the status quo and the way people are just doing it today with a little bit more of a thoughtful, more sophisticated approach, the, uh, you know, the results that that will yield are significant. Sure. No, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, So the software itself, could you give a little bit of a deep dive into everything that the software can do as far as features on the pre-construction side? Well, first and foremost, um, we're a platform that is, you know, we are fo- hyper-focused on building out the, a platform, which is the first holistic platform in the industry for pre-construction. Um, there's a lot to uh, doing that. And there's over 30 different, workflows or ecosystems of workflows, as I call them, because it's never one simple thing. It's a collection of um, studies or uh, analytics or just doing the work within a certain context. Estimating is one, 
you know, the purchasing and procurement of engaging subcontractors through that process is one. So you can think about 30. I just rattled off two of the bigger ones, but there's a whole, you know, call it universe of these workflows. And right now, the estimate has some um, really good, reliable point solutions, as does the bidding engagement with the subcontractors. But the rest of what pre-construction professionals come in and do every day as part of their work effort, uh, primarily ad hoc, Excel spreadsheets, you know, you're dealing with Word documents, PDFs, and you've got this, all this stuff floating around, stitching it together, not to mention the communication that you're doing with the design team, with the owner, and even among your team, and the data that you are, um, you know, accumulating. And, you sure. know, in a perfect world, you'd be reusing that data in meaningful ways, which is kind of hard to do right now. So it's kind of wide open. So there's, you know, everything that is going on planning a project, whether it's the, you know, the concept scheduling to establish overall duration, general phasing, site logistics, the considerations around the contractual requirements that might uh, be involved in the project, insurance, permits, I mean, constructability reviews, there's a lot. And right now, everybody's just doing the best they can with uh, Excel, pretty much. And, um, you know, if we are, we will be successful in digitizing those workflows and processes with best practices in a way that within a platform, you can come in and just come into one place to do all that work. Uh, the data will uh, continuously be uh, enriched as you go through the life cycle of a, an individual project, and then the ability to automatically carry that forward for the next project and the next project after that. So the flywheel effect of the power of that data is just going to, um, you know, exponentially uh, improve and get and better and smarter. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say one thing, but, you know, what we addressed first was, you know, from my personal experience, two things. One, if I would come into a meeting where my, my team, my pre-con team was engaged with the designer and with the owner, whether it was design build or a cement risk project, um, you know, everybody's bringing their source of truth. It might be an Excel spreadsheet. It might be just notes from a, the, what was said in the last meeting, but it's really absent of any communication tool that everybody can get on the same page graphically. I, I'm a big fan of like a picture is worth a thousand words. So if you can take all of that, what's going on on a project, which is very fluid and very iterative and portray that in a way that makes sense to everybody, uh, the communication is greatly enhanced. And when you enhance the communication with transparency, trust, and the relationship, everything imp improves. So we really focus on how do we take all of that data that the estimate, that, that the estimators have prepared in the estimate and help them share that in a way that the, you know, the, the people, the audience can consume that information in a way that makes sense for everybody. And that's, like a focus on historically what's been going on on the project, where you are today, and then what are all your options going forward? And what are the plans in place to evaluate options or um, a, you know, drive design to a specific target or how to drive the risk out of a project? You know, Precon is not just about estimating and the cost. It's about the planning and also what can you do to prevent all of the risks that surround every project how do you start knocking those down so that way the, the project isn't as vulnerable to those risks 
um, through your efforts. Gotcha. No, absolutely. And, that, and all that makes perfect sense. So with the platform itself, is it, if you guys were going to, we're going to, um, help somebody set set this up and and set it up to be successful. Is it a a platform where it's a set up for a company overall, and then within that you create projects, and then you can run your different systems throughout that project, or is it on like a per project basis you would use the platform? No, our approach is to really um, remove any barriers that prevent information sharing and collaboration. And for the for our customer, prevent any barriers that would otherwise prevent and in fact incentivize them to put have all of their projects because with if you get all your projects on on one platform like ours, the power of the data that's accumulating, your data that's accumulating for the project uh, becomes available to do more and more powerful things for your next project and the project after that, and to really start to structure that so your people can have access to it readily. In fact, a lot of that can be automatically positioned to where you don't, your people don't have to burn a single minute retrieving that information and sure. manipulating it. Um, so our whole model is around, we want the company to come in and put as many projects as they possibly can on the platform um, and not be thinking about uh, an individual project or some sort of artificial allocation of capacity. Uh, we just want an unlimited use, unlimited users. We just want everybody to come in so we can get everybody connected and have all of that data and the workflow start to work for you. Gotcha. No, completely understood. Um, and so with those, so once you set it up for a company and then you've got pro projects inside of that, do subcontractors have access on a limited capacity to certain aspects of it? If you, you know, like on a submittal basis, if they wanted to sit, submit something in or anything like that? You know, with pre-con, there's certain stages and practices in terms of, you know, certainly the, the, the owner, developer, you know, the GC acting as a design builder, just the general contracting role, and the design team are all going to be working in this every day from day one um a lot of you know growing practice is a lot of the work that the design team has traditionally done with um uh, engineering consultants if you will a lot of that is being done on a design build basis with some of the you know the, the bigger uh, trades like mechanical electrical so in that capacity you know everybody's more or less viewed as one um and then as the opportunity presents itself for subcontractors to provide information and help the general contractor um, stay current with market pricing with their project informally. We also will be supporting that as well as the formality of going to bid and going to market with those subs through some existing great point solutions that are out there. And if the customers demand something different than that, then you know we'll obviously be the, the platform that can do it. Sure. No, understood completely. Um, and that sounds like that sounds great. That sounds like something that's going to be a, a game changer for a lot of companies. Um, I know a lot of companies that we work with could could greatly use something um, something like that. So um, that is definitely a breath of fresh air to hear. Um, so now now that we kind of know about the software, the company as a whole, how, how many employees do you guys have? What are your all's core values, core focus since you guys have been 
been around for a year now. Where does the next five years kind of look for you guys? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, the fundamental building blocks for any company to be successful is you need to have a vision. But most importantly, you also need to have a fantastic team. And we have that. We just have a wonderful group. We're a total of 14 presently with uh, two or three additions planned in the near term. Um, you know, as a one-year-old seed stage company, we've accomplished a tremendous amount in a relatively short period of time. Um, so that that's a, you know that's a function of having a very clear vision and knowing you know for everybody to know every day where are we going, what are we looking to achieve, and what are we building. Uh, we have a very well-defined, long-range roadmap um, that is you know driven by my domain expertise, having spent 26 years in the industry as a builder. But when you're dealing with uh, a platform like this, you know, the people that can actually bring it to life are equally as important. So we have a team that's has a tremendous amount of experience in bringing fresh ideas from other aspects, whether it's the fintech space, software development in general. There's just a lot to learn outside of our industry that we can be bringing those best practices in. Um, <clears throat> but also, most importantly for us, too, is the customer's voice. You know, we spend a lot of time with our customers because... We have an advantage of coming and presenting our ideas in a, a pretty mature way. We don't have to use a lot of their time, you know, kind of interrogating and, and, and getting educated on what is the business of construction as a technologist than to go build it. We've got the perfect balance of both. So we can kind of come and short circuit that process, but still get a lot of the, you know, the ideas, the best practices, the what if it could do this, what if it could do that. Um, so the customer's voice is a critical part of our business, our business philosophy, and what we, um, you know, building blocks to our success. Um, and then we are fortunate with my time in the industry to also have an incredible support network, you know, whether it's customers or designers or representatives from the owner community to give us their insights as well, because ultimately we're building a platform that is focused on the success of the project, not just one of those entities exclusively. We want this to be a very well-balanced project first platform. And um, that's really kind of the hallmark for what I think has made us great so far. Gotcha, no, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting, your background is so interesting um, because it seems that you went from the construction industry, 26 years coming from the ground up all the way up into executive position. That in and of itself is an entire career. And then starting a uh, a seed company, you know, from from nothing into what it is today with the platform that you guys have built. What advice would you give somebody um, that's in the construction industry right now that's trying to take it to the next level, or somebody that's thinking about potentially a startup? Because you've got like two different paths there that are just so interesting. Yeah, I can speak, you know, particularly on the contracting side. You know the the industry is in, you know, is in growing need year after year after year for more people to um, make it a profession. And, you know, the leadership uh, is so essential to the success of a project. And it's the perfect training ground, a project in itself. Some of the larger projects are bigger than, you know, the, 
the majority of small businesses in terms of the number of dollars that you're dealing with and the complexity of what you're dealing with. So the project itself is the perfect incubator for leadership. So when you're at the project level with aspirations to you know take on more role as a, a larger role as an executive, you know, how you motivate people, lead people, treat people with empathy, you know, address situations with a very firm but fair mindset. You know, all these are, you know, um, key leadership uh, traits, as well as you have to have a vision to build a project. You have to understand where you're going. How are you going to get the, you know, 100 to 1,000 men and women on site to all kind of march to uh, to uh, the to the drumbeat that you set to ensure that you deliver that project on time and on budget. It's an incredible task. So it's a perfect training ground. You get a number of reps, project after project after project, and then every opportunity, a situation and the company presents to you, you know, make the most of it, but don't rush. You know, I think too often people are rushing as if they've got to just, Oh, I did it once. Check the box. I'm ready for the next thing. And the next thing, doesn't really work that way. You've got to just be a sponge and absorb it. And, you know, you will move up the ladder and, um, you know, uh, achieve your ambitions, but do it in a very fulfilling and quality way. Um, you know, our business is very experiential. You've got to, in many cases, you got to do it. It's very hard to just teach. It's, we have construction management courses in many universities, but until you're out there and you're dealing with the dynamic situations, there's a science to it, but equally important, there's an art to it. And it's really how you lead people, manage situations, uh, build relationships and trust. And, you know, quite honestly, deal with and face very hard issues and learning how to, uh, you know, address those fairly and bring them and drive them to absolute closure is is a very unique skill set. So it takes practice. Sure. No, absolutely. And and it's just so interesting. And I, I um the startup side of it is is something that I, I would feel like you know once you had your vision um, and then you you had mentioned earlier that you had there's a lot of different prototypes um, that you had you had you know came through. Did you go to a developer for that, or was that something that you you know had somebody that could could code that just knew how to develop that stuff, or was there a partner that you had there that you know because I know from from our perspective at Ace we we have built a software. Um, specifically internally for uh, for some things and it seemed like if we had a mentor like you for instance we probably would have been able to do it much better and much faster we we learned learned our lesson on that stuff so so how how exactly did that process go uh just incredibly lucky you know i had a, a a master on the technology side that from the earlier stages helping me build the prototype um and, and, you know, learn construction and kind of also teach me the ropes around the process of uh, developing software. You know, um, I'm not sitting down writing a bit of code. I don't know how to. But, you know, what a lot of people in my network that are not in the industry, but are, I'm in San Francisco, so I'm surrounded with Silicon Valley and the world of startups, right? But I've had a right. lot of friends involved in other ventures. And, you know, they kind of put it to me pretty clearly. They said, Steve, you know, you're a master at building and leading construction projects and companies and building software is not much different. You know, you don't know how to do the structural engineering on the Salesforce tower and you don't know how to code. 
but you know how to find the right people to do it. So that's kind of, you know, surrounding yourself with the experts and the, and the, and the best of the best to do the things that um, you're not the best at is really key. Surrounding yourself with people better and smarter than you. And that's, that is the makeup of our team. And uh, you know, the, the team that uh, I started that prototyping exercise with is still with us today. So uh, you know, we've grown from one to 14 and um, a very short period of time. And, you know, that's, you know, the trajectory of the growth of our company. So. Sure. No, absolutely. And I know, you know, I'm sure you've had plenty of successes and plenty of failures. Is there one failure in particular that, that you had any kind of an epiphany moment or where you were like, man, that just, that changed my, my leadership style or kind of the way I viewed the industry as a whole? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, you know what? I wish I had done this sooner, you know, quite honestly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it wasn't, uh, the timing turned out to be right. Um, but, uh, the, I think suffering through the antiquated ways it's done uh, for too long, you know, it's painful. It was painful for me. It was painful for all the people that worked for me that was, you know, grinding it out every day. And so, you know, I just kind of turned that, that frustration, you know, um, I don't know if I'd characterize it as a failure, but just identifying something that was so frustrating and then having the, courage to do something about it. And, you know, for me, I'm, uh, I'm not like a 20 something, right? So I left a, uh, you know, well-established leadership position and could have retired doing what I did, but, you know, at a slightly later stage in my career, I made the leap, but I felt so passionate about the need and the fact that the idea that, you know, I and my team have been developing is exactly what the the industry needs and our approach uh, with, you know, including the industry and having the confidence that I as a builder and they as builders, you know, are going to be able to do something special together to solve the problems internally within the industry is really what motivated me. And I've, I have not looked back since, you know, Um, if you're ever going to make a change, make sure you do it and never, ever look back and never have any regrets. And proud to say that that's where I am today. Oh, absolutely. No. I appreciate that. Um, so your leadership style as the leader and CEO of, of the company, what, what kind of leadership style would you classify yourself as? I don't know if I'm the best person to, uh, to, to answer that question. I think that's best left to others. Um, what I try to be is, you know, in our industry, particularly in the construction industry, there's a lot of pressure and, there's an infinite number of variables that can go right, can go wrong on any given day. So, you know, people are dealing with a lot. So you have to balance the deadlines and the pressure you're under with empathy and patience. Um, And so always finding that right balance. And sometimes that balance needs to change. But, you know, when you're approaching these situations, um, as long as you've hired right and have the right people on your team that you know are going to do their very best, nobody's perfect. And you need to be able to uh, backstop them and support them, pick up the ball with them and, uh, you know, when they need help and um, really lead by example that way. 
but I've always been a big fan of celebrating everybody's successes up and down the team. But when there is an issue, when there is, um, you know, failure, then that's on me as the leader, no matter what. Right. So giving, making sure that they're, um, seen for the great things that they're doing and really kind of taking the burden and the baggage of things that didn't go right kind of off of their shoulder so they can continue, just continue to, you know, plow ahead. Um, you know, really is how you build and, and motivate a team. Um, but, uh, you know, leadership style, it's, you know, it is always about the people. It is always about the team. Um, you know, you can talk about process and procedure all you want, but, you know, a leader has vision and there's a big difference between a leader and a manager. And I think people in their careers come up and they learn the, the, the science of management it's really the art of leadership that really sets them apart and takes them to the next level. And that's a lot of experience and that's a lot of just being comfortable and knowing who you are and, you know, making sure that you uh, put people first. Um, so. Gotcha. No, completely, completely understood. And jumping back to the software a little bit or the platform, it, would you say that this is a every construction company type of platform um, or is this geared more towards federal construction versus commercial or residential or is this something that anybody you you feel like anybody could uh, grab a hold of and it would immediately be a game changer for them what we're not building the the the, the residential market what I mean by residential is like the single family home development mm-hmm. custom home builder that segment of the broader construction industry is is very different than the, you know, commercial, you know, commercial includes everything, you know, it's not commercial office, it's office, it's, you know, university education type work, it's, you know, the secondary school systems and aviation, I mean, everything that isn't a, a home. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more process and things are done a little bit differently. And that's what we're positioned to support. So our focus is a small, um, you know, general contracting company, family owned that's doing, you know, you know, I don't need to put a price tag on it, but if you're a general contractor on that smaller end of the scale, as well as the bigger, you know, uh, companies like what I came from, pre-construction is generally the same up and down. Number of zeros change. There are certain things that you might dig into a little bit deeper. Um, depending on the situation, if maybe you're a bigger company with more process and quite honestly bureaucracy. Um, But we support and cater all of it because fundamentally it's about planning a project to provide a certainty of outcome for your client. And it doesn't matter if it's a $10 million project or a $2 billion project, that relationship and the need to be able to provide a predictable outcome uh, for everybody is, is, you know, what pre-construction is all about. Gotcha. No, completely understood. And I knew you had mentioned the scheduling aspect in the software um, previously. Is there a, is there a link to like a, a scheduling, like like Microsoft projects or project or Primavera P6? Is there, is there an integration there within the platform or is there a scheduling function within it all of in, in and of itself? I mean, currently what we have is a, is a timeline feature because when you're in the early stages of pre-con, it's not that common that people are 
at that stage building full blown CPM logic driven, you know, thousand activity schedules. You know, you're really trying to make sure you've got a plan in place where the architect and the design team and the timing of their deliverables, that there's a general plan in place for how the permitting will need to flow. And then an appreciation for kind of on a backwards pass, what are the sensitivities from a a lead time perspective? Most jobs are getting somewhat fast tracked. So you need to be able to uh, you know, plan the project where you're doing incremental work to support getting the early trades, like maybe it's the excavation and foundation subs going, while the finish schedule and the and the the you know the architecture is being worked on still. So, uh, what we're supporting right now is you know helping provide a, a visual, so to speak, and we've had some you know great impacts to the successes of projects because just having a single source of truth on what is the schedule, what is the timeline. When we say schedule and construction, everybody jumps to the conclusion that you've got to have this full-blown thing. But just like the design, the plan of a project from the builder's perspective is also evolving. You're growing more detail. You have more information that contributes to the schedule. So we're there to support through stuff that we build in the early stages and then eventual integrations with you know, the dedicated point solutions that are just nothing but schedule applications. So that way they can have a two-way um, uh, you know, sharing of data within a tool that is helping them do schedule, but is done kind of in unison with what they're doing within our platform. Gotcha. No, completely understood. And so go, jumping back to your, your construction experience, um, it seems recently in the industry that um, work-life balance has been a huge topic of discussion. Um, I, you know, my generation specifically seems to have screwed everything up in regards to that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what, what is your, your take on that? Or what, what would your advice be to somebody that's jumping into that industry? Cause I, you know, I know when I was uh, coming up, I, you know, I knew I was going to have to travel. That was something that I just, uh, made a conscious decision that that's what I was going to do, but it seems like now it's, that's kind of even changing a little bit more. You're having, you're starting to see a lot more, you know, remote project management um, and things of that nature. What, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's kind of looking at the industry as a whole, thinking about coming into it and, and seeing everything that is the past and what the future is looking like now? You know, I think, um, you know, the, the future of construction is the, the generation that we, you know, we have today, the, the youngest generation coming out of either the, you know, the, the trades or through, um, you know, university collegiate programs. And I think entering into the industry today, you have to be expected to work hard. It's a fantastic industry. It's very dynamic it's, and it's very rewarding. You're working, there's a lot of camaraderie because you, you know, you have a team and, you know, the building can't build itself remotely. So there is a big contingent that's on site. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, great, you know, camaraderie and, and relationships that, that, that build out of that. But, um, you, you shouldn't in the long term expect to have to work as hard as people do today. And I, and I say that because the industry is under a lot of pressure and I don't think it's, there, there's no real solution from a recruitment standpoint or, you know, for years, if not decades, 
we are losing more people from the industry than we've ever put into the pipe. And we have COVID, which has accelerated the baby boomer generation that has an immense amount of knowledge in their head. But no, companies don't have the, the infrastructure to have all of that knowledge be institutionalized. So as they leave, there's a tremendous amount of experience and knowledge that they can process and do on the fly just out of their head. But the younger generations won't have that experience. And the business is changing. It's getting even further accelerated. So the ability to to move that fast, even with knowledge, is becoming harder and harder. Um, I don't see, you know, the the deficit of of the people that we need to build everything that is growing in demand. You know, we have population growth, we have infrastructure that's going to be replaced. We have trillions and trillions of dollars backlogged there, not counting the trillions of dollars of stuff that's going to have to be built to support a 25% uh, population growth by 2040. It's a lot of stuff, you know, rebuilding the stuff that we already have in addition to building new. So we have to solve that problem. And, you know, my take has always been, you can't, you know, you've got to recruit the best and brightest and you have to do everything you can to hold on to them. And so it's up to the company to find the talent, to train the talent and to retain the talent. And so they have to do right by the people but part of that is having some reasonable work-life balance. And the company does, each company has an option. And the option comes in the form of technology. So if you can, you know, the, the machine, right, the computer technology can take a lot of workload off of people because a lot of what, speaking both for, you know, the construction operations phase folks, but more pointedly with the pre-construction folks, a lot of what they're having to do to get their work done is just highly efficient, inefficient. You've got ad hoc spreadsheets. You're touching the same data and reentering it multiple times. You've got this thing. It's, it is so highly inefficient. I, you know, when I was <clears throat> doing my former career, walking around the offices that I was responsible for, you could see all the pre-construction professionals. I guarantee you they were working at like a 40 to 60% inefficiency rate. It's almost like, yeah. you know, having to touch something twice to get one thing done. And that's just an incredible waste of time. So technology can play a huge role in lightening that load and taking that menial, tedious stuff off their plate, freeing them up both more time just to have better balance, but more time to do what we as humans excel at, which is the thinking and the planning and the relationship building and the things that really do drive the success on a project. And so what the younger generation can do is be a bit of a forcing function to ensure that companies are uh, more um, adoptive in, you know, the use of technology and embracing the opportunities. And I think the tech side, which is where I think we have a distinct advantage, tech side has to meet the industry maybe even more than halfway. Cause you, you know, I, the industry as a whole is very innovative. Um, they're very quick to learn. And so if you can bring to them a piece of technology that they can readily use and that they know and can measure and be convinced that it's actually going to take them less time and there's other positive benefits, they will rapidly adopt that technology. And I think our industry, and I kind of uh, take it a little personally that people have painted the industry with a brush that we're 
antiquated and we're resistant to change. And that's not true at all. I think the industry's had a lot of, you know, average at best type technology thrown at them or point solutions. And, you know, I, why, why should they adopt that readily if it's really not going to save them any time or really truly meet the use case, the business case that they're struggling with? Sure. No, I completely understand. And it's, you know, that's the one of the main things that we see a lot of um, just on the pre-construction side with, with initial schedules and things like that is the, the, the software and the technology side of it. People, it just seems like they, um, for multiple different reasons, fair, a lot of them, um, just they don't want to do it. They'd much rather look at something on the free week, look ahead and, and roll on from there. And, and that's super cool. Um, but it just seems like everything that you're talking about and looking at the company and looking at the platform that you guys have built, it seems like that's the best of both worlds, just simply because you, you were there, you, you did it from the beginning and with your former career. Um, and then now you're, you're in that tech space and it's like, you're one of the, one of the construction guys that's been placed there behind enemy lines to build a platform um, like that. So I'm interested to see hear feedback from companies that um, that you guys work with. I know you said you had some some companies that did a bunch of test runs and things. What were what were the feed was the feedback there? Well, I think first and foremost they recognize how fractured you know the pre-construction work environment is, and the fact that there is a platform now that is unifying a lot of those workflows, and now also presenting different ways of looking at the data and presenting the data is, you know, they found very uh, exciting and refreshing and they, you know, they've, they've said as much, um, you know, I think the ease of use um, and the ease of digestion of the information is something that we've gotten a lot of accolades over and total credit to our team in developing something that, you know, our goal is to make, you know, B2B, solutions and platforms can tend to be overly complicated because you're trying to, you know, it, it gets over widgeted and it's just too complicated and it requires a lot of training. I mean, I remember, you know, having to sit through two day training sessions to use something and walking out of there knowing that I probably only absorbed 25% of what they were trying to <laughs> jam into my head. So sure. it shouldn't have to be that hard. So, you know, what we strive to do is take something that is very complicated B2B um, solution need and do it in an elegantly simple way, much like, you know, Apple products. I mean, you literally an 18 month old can grab an iPad and start to figure out how to navigate in the thing, or you just take it out of the box, start it right up and, you know, you know exactly what to do with it. And so, you know, we strive for that very intuitive, simple user interface, because if you can do that, the user experience um, is a huge differentiator for us. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, and just two more, two more questions for you, Steve. I appreciate you taking the time today. First one, if somebody was to, you know, do a demo of, of Concentric and get it, you know, and they love it and they're, they're ready to implement it. Do you guys have a team that, that, helps onboard all of that and helps them set all that stuff up. Yeah. And like I said before, you know, we've designed this to where it's very simple, almost out of the box. There's a little bit of help that we do just to make sure that it can be daunting for anybody, no matter how good the software is to try something new. 
So we like to be there with them, but we find that the interaction that they require out of us is fairly minimal. Um, but we want to make sure that they do get set up right without any frustration or anything like that, because things do happen. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the experience, because if you do it right, everything that we do is designed to take one click, one step, you know, ultimately the net effect is we're making less work for you, not more work for you. So, you know, onboarding, it starts with the onboarding and, we want this to be very simple and we're pretty much digitizing and replacing a lot of ad hoc made up process. So when you can kind of generally standardize that and make it to where they don't have to create it or maintain it, they can just blow in the stuff that they need to blow in. You're already saving them at least half of their time. Sure. No, absolutely. And last question, I love to ask this, especially to um, to professionals like yourself that have been in the industry for such a long time. Is there one specific project that you did that you will remember for the rest of your life that was your favorite project that you ever built? Um, interesting. You know, I've had some, been a part of amazing projects. You know, a lot of people would point at the Golden State Warriors Arena and Salesforce Tower and, you know, marquee projects like that. But two of my favorites happen to be kind of smaller less sexy projects because it just was the perfect balance of a great relationship with the design team and the client. We had a fantastic team uh, that for them, it was a great opportunity for them to uh, learn the ropes of managing their first project on their own, but to do it in a way that, you know, is, um, you know, supported and, uh, and, and then they feel that they can be also creative and independent. So we had a, um, a hotel uh, repositioning project, basically not just do a little facelift, but, you know, we were moving huge amounts of program around this property and, um, you know, total price tag may have been $30 million, but some very intricate phasing and the owner, very good friend of mine, Bob Shore, a little shout out in case he ever listens to this. <laughs> you know, we just got to a point where there was this trust and, he actually empowered and deputized, deputized our team that they could make calls on his behalf because he was on the East Coast, you know, trying to service a project on the West Coast every two weeks. And he just needed people he could trust to make the right decision, even if it was writing checks out of his checkbook, if you will. And for me, just having his trust and then being responsible to make sure that we maintained that trust and then how successful that project was for not him, just him, but the property itself went on to do amazing things financially. But we had a lot of people on the, the our team that grew on and, you know, today are, you know, in great leadership positions. And, you know, there was another project that kind of fell into our lap here in uh, UC Berkeley. And, um, you know, it was a really challenging project for a number of reasons to get it to meet something that made sense on the pro forma, but to be able to sit down with that client again, same level of trust, uh, and really work through and define what scope we needed to do to make this like a successful project. And then again, having our team follow through and really deliver ahead of schedule and, uh, you know, under some very tight, tough situations and, it was a remarkable project. That one sticks into mind too, because it looks like Harry Potter's castle. And I have two daughters and at the age they were at the time, gotcha. 
love to come check out the job because it reminded them of Harry Potter's castle. But um, yeah, very, very fun, cool memories. But, you know, it's about the relationships, about the team. And, and, you know, it does boil down to people if you really think about it. Sure. No, absolutely. And it seems like on both of those, when you were talking about those, one thing that was very important from the beginning is, was the pre-construction side of it that you, we've been talking about this entire time. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I think that, that your, your platform is definitely going to, going to do some amazing things. And I hope that everybody will uh, go check it out. Um, and if you want to give one more, one more plug to where you can go, um, if you want to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go to our website. It's at concentric.com, C-O-N-C-N-T-R-I-C.com. You, know, you can just very easily size up the platform on the website, but book a demo. We'll give you a, a live tour and talk about how you can uh, bring it into your company and, and start the amazing journey with us. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, and I guess we'll get, we'll see you guys next time here on Con X. Mm -hmm.